Thank you for listening to the Reclaim Church podcast. We hope that this message is a blessing to your life. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX. Now please enjoy this message. Uh, yeah, so today I want to talk about King Defender. How, and I want to read it. I want to go to a story in the book of 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8, 9, 8 through 19. I didn't even realize that the, cor- the bridge or the course of this song is actually, I believe it's about this story. And it says this, once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants, saying, at such and such a place shall be my camp. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware that, do, that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are going down there. And the king, king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Thus, he used to warn him so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and seize him. And it was told to excuse me, It was told him, Behold, he is in Dothan. So he sent their horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. And Elijah said to him, This is not the way, and this is not the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. Man, I know you guys wanted to clap through that, through that verse. I just kind of interrupted a little bit. <clears throat> man, we all, we've been missing church, huh? Man. Well, let's pray. Father, we invite you here. We know you already are with us, God. I pray that you'd speak through the word, Lord. Let nothing that I say be my thoughts or my opinions, but let, Lord, let them be founded on the word of God and led by the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for the privilege to, to learn from your word and to learn more about you. I pray at the end of this message that we all walk in confidence, knowing that you are our defender and we cannot be defeated. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So this servant had a helpless moment. He obviously can't see what Elisha was seeing. So he comes out and he sees all of the army around him. And in this moment, he was fearful. And obviously, he he was afraid of the enemy. He was afraid what was going to happen to them. And so his response was a natural response, right? If you came out of your house and you saw you were surrounded by an army, would you not be afraid? Some of you are like, nope, I know who surrounds them. No, you, you know, right? If you went outside, you would go, you would be, it would be a little weird. And so the servant goes out and he sees this whole, this whole scene and he's like, Elisha, uh, I, think there's a, I think there's a problem here. There's an issue. And he's afraid. And this is a natural response to this moment of feeling helpless and feeling surrounded by the enemy, but, but I want to ask you, have you ever had one of these moments? Have you ever had that moment in your life where you feel like every, every trouble, every bill, every debt, every argument, every relationship that's fallen is now surrounding you, and you're kind of like, God, uh, 
what are we going to do? Anybody felt like that in the past couple of months? God, what are we going to do? See, those moments where we thought God was with us, but all we see is the enemy? Oh, yeah, I guess I'm alone on that one. Everybody's like, mm, I'm not, I don't know. Yeah, you, think, you feel like, oh, God, I've been walking with you. I've been being obedient to you. Why, do, why is it all I see is the enemy? Why, is, why, why are these people surrounding me, God? I've been praying for good relationships. Lord, why are you only sending these ones? Right? But our response to these moments are natural. A little bit of fear is natural. Because when we don't see the full plan of God, we respond to what we do see. So when I don't see that God is working outside of the enemy who surrounds me, I'm going to respond and react to the enemy. I'm going to respond and react to fear. I'm going to respond and react to anxiety. I'm going to respond and, and react to anger. I'm going to respond and react to bitterness because this is what I see. This is what I feel. But we have to understand that in these moments, even when it doesn't feel like it, even when it doesn't seem like it, and when it seems like it's impossible, we have to understand that we have a God that is greater than anything that could surround us. Because there is nothing that surrounds us that is not allowed by him. Amen. There is nothing that we encounter that is not allowed by God. See, Israel's defense was obedience. Elisha gave insight to the king of Israel. The king did what he was told. He didn't question Elisha. He didn't say, well, my plan is better. I'd rather just go there instead and see if I could fight them. He did what, what he was told by the prophet. His obedience was key to his defense. Our obedience will protect us from the enemy because God is the defender of the righteous. God is the defender of those who walk within his will. Psalms 37, 39 says the Lord saves the righteous and protects them in times of trouble. See, we are covered in covenant. When I walk with the Lord, when I'm, in, when I'm obedient to his will, I know that I'm protected. I know that I'm okay. See, God knows the plans of the enemy just like Elisha did. Man, you, guys, you guys are getting me too. I need to calm, I need to relax a little. I'm barely in like point one. It's like I, you, I wasn't yelling like this on the live stream, man. All right, help me out here. No, thank you. But see, God knows the plans of the enemy before, before they ever happen. He knows. He knows what's coming against us. All we have to do is obey. All we need to do as believers is be obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's not saying you're never going to go through anything. What that's saying is that even when I go through it, I'm not going through it alone. But I'm going with him. See, alignment to his will is our defense. Isaiah 54, 14 through 17. It says, in righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. 
If anyone stirs up strife, it is not from me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. Behold, I have created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. I have also created the, 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 the ravager to destroy. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their vindication from me declares the Lord. It doesn't say this is, this is the, 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 the salvation or the defense of everybody. It says this is the defense of those who serve the Lord. I love, I mean, I don't love it. I think it's a little bit funny when people that are not serving God, that are walking in, and living in, in blatant rebellion and sin towards God, will quote verse like, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Like, that's the part we like. That's the part that we want to say all the time. But what we miss is that that promise is not given to everybody. It's given to servants. It's given to those who will walk in righteousness to the Lord. Because when we walk in obedience, we escape the traps of the enemy. How many times has God rescued us and we didn't even know it? How many times have we gone a place and he said, no, 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 not, not, you don't need to go there. You don't need to meet that person. You don't need to talk to that person. We say, okay, God, I'm going to walk away. And we don't know what we missed. We don't know what the enemy had planned for that. Can I be honest with you? I'm going to tell you a story. I'm not going to name names. But when I first got to Texas, I met somebody. And, and this, this somebody seemed like a great connection. He had all, he had all the connections, and it was great. And I, and I remember with, I was with, with one of our our. I was with Isaiah, <laughs> and uh, we were together, and, and we are like, man, this seems like, this is like a great, this is perfect. It must be God. And I went to my prayer closet, and the Lord said, don't connect with that person. And I was like, no, that can't be you, God. This, that, don't, that don't sound like you. Come on. Come on. Yeah, all right? You get me. But he said, don't connect. And so that day, I threw away all the numbers that I got, and I said, I'm, never, I'm just not going to connect. There's nothing wrong with that person. There's just something that the Lord doesn't want me to do. I don't know what we missed. I don't know what we escaped. I'd rather escape it and not know it than go through something I never had to go through. Right? I'd rather, I'd rather miss it and say, hey, God, I'm just going to trust you even though I don't see what the problem is because God will, will lead us away from the traps of the enemy. All we have to do is say yes. Okay. God, I'll do it. I'll say no to them. I'll say no to going to that place and doing that thing and taking that job and going to that school. God, I'll say no to these things because it doesn't line with your will. Most, most of us, and I've done this too, maybe I'm the only one, but most of us have done things where like, God, I'm going to do this. Can you please bless it? Like, God, I know you don't want me to. I know it doesn't make sense, but God, I'm going to do it. Can you please bless it? And then when he doesn't, how could you, God? Why do I feel so alone? And he's like, well, I didn't go that way. Obedience is key to our defense. We, we have a defender. He's, he's strong and mighty and nothing can overcome him, but we only have that promise and covenant. We receive the defense when we walk in obedience, but our obedience, just, it doesn't just save us, it confuses the enemy. Our obedience frustrates the enemy. It bothers him when we obey God. 
Second Kings, or yeah, Second Kings 6.11. And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled. He was frustrated. He was upset. Our obedience will frustrate the enemy. Because the enemy sets a trap and he says, I th- I'm pretty sure they're going to fall for this. And when we don't, when we obey God instead of going the route that the enemy placed before us, he gets upset. He gets frustrated. No, no, that, hold on. Why did they say no to that? I thought they would rebel. I didn't think they would obey. I didn't. See, what I love to do is take the enemy's traps and make them into a good thing for the Lord. I like to take a little trap in my marriage when I'm getting a little bit upset at my beautiful wife right here, which never happens because we're always happy together. But, but when we get upset, I like to take those moments, and instead of lashing out my anger, I like to take those moments to have a moment of learning in my marriage. I like to take the, the traps of the enemy and say, okay, you meant this for evil, but I'm going to take this moment, this argument to learn something. I'm going to take this argument to, to, to move forward and have progress. Do you understand what I'm saying today? The enemy will place things before you, and you have a choice to either obey his will or God's will. And when we obey God's will, it frustrates him. I want to confuse the enemy. I want my life to be a life that it, when, when, when he puts things in there and they don't happen, he's upset and frustrated. I want the enemy to know that he can place things before me, but I'm going to walk in the will of the Lord, that my life is meant to accomplish the will of God, that whatever he has for me, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to be obedient to my flesh. I'm not going to rebel just because it seems easy. I'm going to say yes to God. I'm going to frustrate him. I want to bother the enemy. I want to make him upset. I do. I want our church to make him upset. I want this to be the church that he's like, I can't wait for that church to close down. That's what I want here. I'm telling you right now, you're like, you better be careful with what you're saying. I know what I'm saying. I want, we're, we're coming against it. I want to frustrate him. But listen, when you frustrate the enemy, Better be ready for a fight. When you bother him, when you upset him, you better be ready because when he's frustrated, he attacks stronger. When he's threatened, he he brings more than enough. He comes against us with more than he really needs to. That's what he does. Think about this. When Jesus was in the garden and Judas is about to betray him, what does Jesus tell them? Why are you coming at me with, with clubs? And, and spirit, like, as if I'm, I'm, a, I'm a robber or I'm somebody that you saw me teaching. But the enemy, really the Pharisees, were, were fed up with Jesus. And so they're like, I'm gonna t- we're going to take more than enough to come against him. But they didn't know that they were fulfilling the will of God. They didn't know that that moment in the garden when the enemy said, aha, I've got him. That was actually fulfillment of prophecy. I don't know how they didn't know that. I just, like, how did they not? Syria didn't know that there was, a, there was an army surrounding them. Syria, they, what, they were nor- what they would normally do is they would go with little raids to villages and take over these villages and raid the villages. 
But when it came to Elisha and one servant, they brought an army? Because they were frustrated. Because they were threatened. Because Elisha was this guy who kept messing up their plan. Some of us need to intervene the plans of the enemy. And say, oh, oh, I see what you're doing in my family's life. No, 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 no. I'm going to intervene. I see what you're trying to do in my marriage. No, I'm going to intervene. I see what you're trying to do in our churches. No, I'm going to intervene. I'm going to, I'm going to pray, and we're going to overcome these things. But the enemy was fresher with Elijah, so he brought more than enough. He brought, he brought an exaggerated army. So when you fight the enemy, he's going to come at you. He's going to come at us. He's, 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 if I'm honest with you, which I always am, I'm not lying. Over these last few months, um, I've really been struggling, battling with a lot of anxiety. And nobody really knows it. I mean, I don't like to talk about it because I'm like, nah, forget it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pray against this. But I'm just up worrying every day. Worrying about my kids. Worrying about just anything, anything and everything. You guys know how it is sometimes. And I really begin to think, Lord, why am I going through this? I never dealt with anxiety, ever. Because we're doing something. Because we're beginning to move in a direction that the Lord is leading us. And we're not backing down from the government. We're not backing down from the world. We're not backing down from the spirit of fear and the spirit of anger. We're not backing down from these things. So these things will come against you. When you fight the enemy, he fights back. He fights back. But listen to this. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? If I'm battling these things, I'm okay with it because I know who's for me. If I have to go through these seasons, I'm okay with that because I know who's with me. If I have people saying things about us and talking about you, you know what it feels like? I'm okay because I know who goes with me. He's the defender of my soul. He's the defender of my eternity. So I know when I walk through it, I don't walk alone, and neither do you. When you go through what you're going through, you're not by yourself. When you're sitting in your room wondering when the next thing's going to be covered, when you're anxious and worried and frustrated and angry, you're not fighting the enemy by yourself. If, if God is for you, who can be against you? This is the defender of my soul. See, the enemy, can he can mess with me. He can try to touch my family. He can frustrate me, but guess what? He can't touch my soul. He can touch my wallet. He can touch my bank account. He can even, even sometimes touch my house, but he cannot touch my soul. My soul is defended by God. My eternity is secure. In Jesus, there's nothing to be afraid of. He can bother you. He can tempt you. He can frustrate you. He can strip every physical thing away. But listen, he cannot touch your eternity. He cannot touch your soul. And we have to come to this place, all of us, and, and we all battle with this. The reality that this life is temporary. 
this, this life, we're not going to be on the earth forever. I don't want to waste the years. I don't want to waste the years running from a fight that I already have victory over. I don't want to waste these moments. See, persecution that hit the church back in Scripture, it was physical. They were killing them. They were tormenting them, torturing them, ripping them out of houses, taking, probably taking their belongings. It was just an awful, awful time. Terrible. Like, I, I, I almost think it's a, a little bit, not, I'm not going to say it's funny, but I think it's different that us today are like, oh, we're being persecuted because we can't have church together. Like, I get it to some extent. I get it. We're not being persecuted. Has the government come to your house and ripped you out of your house because you serve the Lord? This was happening in the churches. The enemy was coming against them in a very, very severe way. But listen to this scripture. But we have the, this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So we are afflicted in every way but not crushed. We are perplexed, confused. We are not driven to despair. We are persecuted. Now when they say persecuted, they were persecuted. We are whipped. We are beaten. Our bodies are destroyed. And sometimes physically, they were alone in prisons by themselves with no family. This was their reality. And he says, we are persecuted, but not forsaken. We may feel like we're alone, but we're not forsaken because he could touch my body, but he can't touch my soul. He could put me alone in the physical place, but guess what? My soul is always in unity with the spirit. This is the reality of the churches. And I love this last one. We may be struck down. Have you ever felt struck down? Have you ever felt like, man, I just can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't go on anymore. I can't. I'm just losing my faith. I don't understand why, why God, I don't get why you're putting me through this. Anybody been through those seasons? Feeling struck down. But listen, struck down, but we're not destroyed. Because the kingdom is defended by God. And we, we carry the kingdom with us. And this kingdom cannot be destroyed. This kingdom cannot be shaken. And so when I feel the fight of the enemy... When I feel like I'm fighting for my life, when I feel like I'm fighting for my faith, guess what? You might be, but you're not fighting by yourself. And when you feel like you've been knocked down, when you feel like you've given up a little bit, guess what? You may have, but you're not destroyed because you are a part of the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is eternal. And I have my last point. Dave, if you want to come up, please. Thank you. Is she lovely? 
That's why I don't sing on the worship team, guys. I don't. <laughs> just going to wait for you to sit for me and I can get to my next point. <laughs> just kidding. It's been a long time since we had people here. So we're still learning. Man, it feels good to be together. Is this message ministering to your heart at all today? Is it speaking to you? See, in the kingdom of God, we have, we have eternal defense. But can I, can I challenge you a little bit today? We are also defenders. We are positioned to defend those around us. See, Elijah heard from God, but what if he never said it? Elisha heard from God, and the words he heard protected a nation. In 1 Kings chapter 19, we see that God had assigned and positioned Elisha as the next prophet to Israel. That's when Elijah comes, he throws the cloak on him, he walks away. Elisha goes and burns the plow, follows after Elijah, wholeheartedly everything. He gave up everything. Because he was assigned by God as a prophet, as a defender. His assignment was more than just for his own protection. You know, I'm, a, I'm afraid that sometimes we are so caught up in ourselves that we begin to think that our salvation is like, okay, God, you saved me, I'm good. I'm not going to bother anybody. I'm not going to tell anybody. As long as I'm saved and my family's good, we're good. It's like those people who are hoarding all the toilet paper. As long as our house is good, who cares about everybody else? You know what's more valuable than toilet paper? The gospel. That was the cheesiest use of that. That's not even planned. But we take the gospel, okay, God, as long as I'm good and my family's good, what does it matter about everybody else? But maybe God has assigned us as defenders of our region. Maybe God has assigned you as a defender of your family. I'm sick of hearing that husbands don't pray. It, it, it just blows my mind. To, and I think, who do you think is protecting your house? Like, who do you think is the one covering your family? Blows my mind that men don't pray. It amazes me. Because you've been assigned by God with responsibilities. We are defenders. I am the defender of my home. Now, I don't do it by myself. Of course, God is the real defender. But I am the intercessor of my home. So guess who prays for my kids? I don't rely on my dad to do it. I don't rely on my mom to I pray for my kids. Guess who prays for my wife? I pray for my wife. Why? Because I've been assigned by God to defend what I've been given. We are defenders. Listen, your prayers matter. Your prayers make a difference. We should be praying and covering our families. Listen, we should be praying and covering our cities. 
God, bring down the strongholds over Hutto. Bring down the strongholds over Taylor. Bring down the strongholds of this region because, God, we will stand in the gap and we'll pray and we'll cover and we'll ask for your defense over our regions, over our churches. This is what we've been assigned to. How selfish would it be to take the defense of God and just hide in the cave and not do anything with it? I, I got to be honest. I've been the one who didn't pray. I've been the one. Thank God for conviction. Thank God for the Holy, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you draw us in when we don't deserve you. You are the defender. of God has assigned us to, to, to be that intercessor, to be the one who will pray. But don't be discouraged when you don't see it happen right away because God hears you. You think of Daniel. Daniel was praying for the nation. I, 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 don't, I don't recall it right on the top of my head. I think it's a few days, maybe a few weeks. And the angel comes to Daniel. He's like, hey, from the moment you prayed, we heard you over there. It just took me a while to get here. The moment you pray, the moment you say, Lord, my marriage is a wreck. Can you please cover it? The moment he hears you, the moment you pray, Lord, I don't know how we're going to make it through this month. God, we're losing it. That moment he hears you, that moment of intercessory, that moment of prayer, that moment of saying, Lord, I will defend my region. God, I will defend this city. God, I'll be the one to call on your name. I'll be the one to, to, to seek revival. God, I'll be the one. The moment you pray it, he hears you. Your prayers make a difference. But remember this, that as you pray, we're not the power behind the, we're not the power behind the prayer. We are helped by God. Amen. So he defends us. We're defended by him. But the defense is given to those who walk in obedience. And those who walk in obedience will, will also pray and defend what's been given to them and those around them. So let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes. Father, we thank you for this time. Father, I'm so grateful that you've allowed us to meet again. Father, I pray for anybody going through something right now, God, in their minds or their hearts, God, even if they're watching online, God, and they're just battling things in their home. I pray, Father, that you would defend them now. For those who feel surrounded by the enemy, I pray we would see that we're surrounded by a greater army. And Lord, there's nothing that can come against you there's nothing that can stand against you. So we thank you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX or check us out on our website, ReclaimChurchTX.com. Thank you for listening.